Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome in to episode 54 of Kayfabe Council, the show where we review and critique news topics and segments in the world of professional wrestling. My name is Pretty Tony, and alongside me, as always, is the goodest of good brothers, the TF Joker. Joker was crack, man. What's going on? Oh, you know, the good brothers were on TV this week, so it was a good week. That's, uh, you know, just, that, that's basically it, the briefest of briefs, because, you know, you always get to say the good brother, but they're never on TV, so. Those said good brothers, Carl Anderson and the man himself, the big LG, they apparently have a solid contract in the notion that I hear that if they're not being used on TV, they don't have to travel, so they're getting paid, the brother and up. And making it work, so I can't blame them. Yeah, it's all about that money. Those those guys know exactly how to negotiate a contract these days. And uh, if yeah, if I was them, I wouldn't want to turn up either. If I was having to fly everywhere all the time, get a hotel, it's like no, no, no. Especially what is it? Carl Anderson has his hot Asian wife, so that he loves to brag about. So it's like yeah, just stay by the pool. Don't have to travel. Nothing wrong, man. So. I know we've seen AJ Styles, the other portion of the OC, quite a bit more. Haven't seen as much of uh, Mia Yim as well as the Good Brothers, but hey, folks are getting paid and they can make it work. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So Good Brothers, Good Sisters, getting work, getting paid. We're feeling good. We're doing a thing. Can't complain. So Yeah, there's was definitely some, uh, some, fun, uh, some fun had this week in the world of wrestling. and. Yeah, it was uh, it was good to see off the back of two pay per views that we still had some fun within the shows that uh, that we've had between uh, the weekend and now. Absolutely, coming hot off the heels of a very busy pay per view weekend, lots of shows going on, lots of wrestling to consume, and this week trying to move things along. Some things happened, some things kind of meandered along. We got an announcement that we'll get into and we'll talk about. We got a little bit of an update from a storyline from this past weekend that we'll also talk about. So I'm not mad at some of the wrestling that we got as a, as a week as a whole. So, yeah, I mean, and we're going to soon get a lot more wrestling in the coming weeks. So it's just something we asked for and we shall receive and lots to go over. So I'm looking forward to it. I mean, there, there's a couple of wee things that I, I want to be mad about, but, you know, you can't be mad about. Like, you know, the fact that we had Montez Ford and LA Knight in a match this week for qualifications for the money in the bank. I want to be mad about that because I love LA Knight and I love Montez Ford and those boys should both qualify. But unless we're, we're doing a swerve and Montez Ford does end up qualifying, I'm still going to be a little bit bummed about, uh, uh, about having those two in a match and having to pick between your two favorites. It's never fun. If the one thing for sure about WWE is nothing is for sure, somehow we'll have a second chance, a last chance battle royale, triple threat, four-way match, five-way match, something of that nature. Some of the people that subsequently lost in the previous rounds probably will have another chance to get in. I wouldn't count our eggs in that basket for Montez Ford, but I too would like to see both LA Knight and Montez Ford in there. So I feel you, but 
we can probably have some positive thoughts going forward as we move on from this particular week in professional wrestling. Hmm. I'm going to try and maintain a sense of positivity, especially with the topics that we have on discussion for today. Interesting topics, lots to go over. So let's kick in to the show. As a reminder, you can find us in video form at youtube.com slash kfabecouncil and in audio form at wherever you get your podcasts from. This week's episode, we look at CM Punk announced for AEW Collision and Roman Reigns 1000 Day Championship Reign. So, coming up first. CM Punk. Announced for AW Collision. Charles Montgomery is coming back, baby. So how did we get here? In a promo on AEW Dynamite, General Manager and CEO himself, Head of Creative Tony Khan, announced, quote, AEW Collision beginning at June 17 will feature, dramatic pause, CM Punk. There it is, nice and sweet. End of the promo. So, as we see subsequently in a follow-up tweet from AEW, it was confirmed CM Punk will return on Collision on June 17th in Chicago at the United Center. So, kick it off. Let's do this thing. My friend, thoughts on the announcement. Charles Montgomery back in the fold. Coming back in Chicago at the United Center for Collision's debut show. Don't mind me just stretching. What a warm up before this really hot take gets me in trouble. We had a couple of shorts a couple of weeks ago where people didn't know what side of the fence to be on. Now, I don't like CM Punk. Personal opinion. I don't like him. I don't care for him. He's not, he's not my favorite wrestler. He never will be. But I put out a positive CM Punk uh, sort of stance on one of our shorts. And a negative on the other, affirming just how I felt. And people hated me for column A and for column B. So you aren't going to like this either. Didn't care. Literally, as as you know, as PT was rereading the announcement, there I was like, oh, I have to listen to this again. Like the first time I heard pregnant pause, CM Punk. The only reason I was hyped was because I heard boos in the crowd. I heard people booing. I heard people not saying a thing. And I heard the most silent of cheers. I was like, actually, that's the most hype point of this announcement. Everybody knew it was going to be CM Punk. It was all a case of how much was TK willing to give in concession to Punk. You know, if you give him an inch, he's going to take a mile. And I'm just wondering how many miles that, the, that CM Punk took, because we talked about this before. He does have to have his own show. Um, and who, who, else, who else is going to really be the big headliner, the big draw for this? Who's the big name for it? Regardless of those people going, oh, he hasn't been on TV for ages. How much has he really drawn? It's like the name value is still there. He wasn't, he wasn't anything to do with professional wrestling for months, but on a rumor, sold out the United Center. Hmm. Hmm. 
He hadn't drawn anything for about 12 years, but somehow managed to sell out an arena on a rumor. Oh, yeah, that guy's not a draw. 100% he's a draw. Doesn't help that the character is just stupid. So, how do I feel about this announcement? Ambivalent. Very divisive individual, for sure. Say things positive about him. Folks get heat. Say something potentially neutral or negative about him. You also get heat. So there's folks that like him. Folks are ride or die for CM Punk. Folks that are ambivalent, like you'd said, and don't uh, don't care for him. So it is what it is. But yeah, it's one of those. It's interesting notion that yeah, like you said, the first time around the rampage, the first dance, I believe they dubbed it and. The rumor not announced, and the folks went bananas in that reaction when he opened that show. That music hit, the first uh, static, and then the first strums of cult personality. So there is something about the man. Absolutely. Garner support, whether you are a fan of his or not. There's something about him that gets folks talking. And that's really, you want a reaction in professional wrestling, sports entertainment. That's what you strive for. Never want to have, if you're trying to make an entrance or you're trying to get over in a match for people to be quiet and, and sit on their hands. You want a reaction, positive or negative. You want that to feed off that crowd. So, like I said, something about them. But, yeah, it's one of those lightning rod elements. And you brought up an interesting notion. In your point, the thought of the sort of mixed crowd reaction, for sure. That was uh, interesting. So they had the Tony Khan's announcement on Dynamite on the big screen. And immediately after, they cut to the crowd for a crowd reaction shot. So there was a mixed crowd reaction in San Diego when Tony Khan was announcing Punk's return for Collision here. So. Even though there was a lot of excitement in the crowd for Punk's return, not everyone was excited. And there was cheers and boos from the San Diego crowd. So once again, a divisive person slash character. Although I have to say, I would assume, and Joker, feel free, it's a strategic move to have Punk return in Chicago. Would you say that's fair? Oh yeah, 100% agree. 100% agree. Um, like you said, that that first dance playing off the last dance of the 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 Netflix series for the the Bulls, Michael Jordan. Um, it's definitely playing up to that home city guy. Um, there was there was rumors that if this if this deal didn't go through, that it was supposed to go to Jacksonville. Now, the rumors have been potentially unfounded, but of course, if I was close to a deal with uh the guy i would also you know say oh no those rumors are unfounded so take it with a pinch of salt please you know ryan satin sean ross sap dave Meltzer, names on names on names they're always going to say oh these rumors are incorrect but i'm not going to lie boys i wouldn't say that the rumors were right if i was you know if i was trying to get cm punk on my onto my team here so if if they weren't going to be able to get punk then I reckon that they wouldn't be going to Chicago because um, I feel like the Chicago crowd being a very hostile, very sort of 
energetic energy um, might be hostile towards uh, the fact that Punk's not there uh, and have expectations. Like we said before, he sold out the, the United Center on a rumor. So how do you feel like this crowd would, would react if, if their boy wasn't there? You know what I mean? Um, so I, I asked you this last night and we both kind of agreed. Like we, we don't really have an idea of if there's any other sporting rivalries, but like it could potentially be something else that's kind of fueling this mixed reaction. You know, I'm not 100% certain that maybe it's just a, a, the crowd don't like Chicago or something like this here. Maybe they don't, maybe not everybody's a fan of a sports team in Chicago. Me not being in America, I'm you know, not au fait with any of the sports team rivalries, for example. So there could be other reasons, but my personal headcanon is I finally have found my people and my people don't like CM Punk. So there we go. As far as I'm aware, across the North Americans, big four sports, I don't believe that there is a rivalry of sorts between the city of San Diego and the city of Chicago. Uh, let us know down in the comments if there, if you know anything about that. But yeah, it was quite, quite interesting that in the live crowd for Dynamite that happened to have taken place in San Diego, Again, some cheers and some booze. So, yeah, I think it's a smart move to have him sort of re-debut or return, rather, in Chicago, his hometown. AW runs Chicago area quite a bit, just because it sells quite well. I believe the uh, vice president of live events and things of such was on the Talk is Jericho podcast, and he mentioned as such, so... I mean, you go to where the money is, and you, if you know the crowds are going to be hot, for sure. So, Oh, 100%. But in regards to said show on June 17th, the debut of Collision, CM Punk's return in Chicago, he has to open the show with a promo, right? He has to. 100%. I'd like, again, we, we, we talked about this before. It's not if he's going to do a promo, it's how long is the promo going to be, right? Because there's, there's the whole thing about his, oh, I've got to abdicate the, 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 the title, and he got a 20-minute promo, whereas whenever Thunder Rosa was, and it was out in the middle of the ring, and whenever Thunder Rosa had to do the same thing, she got a 30-second promo in the back. So the man obviously is given his, his mic time, um, so yeah, it's, it's like a case of how long is the promo going to be, right? Not, not a case of if he's going to do one. I mean, it's a two hour show, so we give him 20 minutes to open as a... At least. Yeah. At least. I, re you know, I reckon it has to be, a, a, if it's not a 20 minute opener, it's a 10 minute opener and a 10 minute close. He opened the, he, he opens and he bookmarks the show. Like. I don't know. Short of him being on the announce desk as well, I feel like you know he's going to have all the mic time that he wants. Yeah, it's a fair play. So CM Punk's connection with AW and Collision specifically is running a little deep. So I have note here. In addition to the June 17 Collision show in Chicago, AW is now advertising CM Punk for the August 12 episode of Collision from the Greensboro Coliseum Complex in Greensboro, North Carolina. So they are 
advertising a punk for multiple shows. And also of interesting note here is a bit of uh, works for me, brother, in terms of CM Punk and creative for Collision. Punk is expected to be the focal point of Collision, a point of intrigue and concern over recent weeks revolved around the involvement of producer Ace Steel and his role in Punk's return, marking several bumps in the road. Now, per report per Dave Meltzer, both Punk and Steel will play a substantial part in shaping the creative direction of the show, particularly in storylines involving the former world champion. Meltzer wrote, quote, The belief is Punk and Ace Steel will be heavily involved in the creative of the show. At least they will be for Punk's stuff, and the main angles and storylines on the show will revolve around him, and obviously will have a great input into that. So, much like I mentioned, it appears that Punk will be sort of the center, or the revolving factor, if you will, of Collision, in terms of being advertised for multiple shows, as well as having a creative input, especially into his own storyline. So interesting, kind of brothering it up. Whether this works for me, brother, or whether this doesn't work for me, brother, should be an interesting parlay to see how the show goes. Yeah, he's going to brother brother this. There's there's no way um, CM Punk doesn't uh, turn this into the CM Punk show. Um. You love you love to bring up the comparison sometime of Pucci from The Simpsons, just to have just to have this fact that he has creative control over everything to do with his storylines, and it's gonna be CM Punk centric. Feels like it's gonna be oh CM Punk's not on stream. Let's have a promo featuring CM Punk. Where's CM Punk now, Alex Marvez? Oh, where's CM Punk now? Other person who's just doing a backstage interview. Oh, look, CM Punk's coming to the ring for the 10th time in 30 minutes. Like, I know that's a bit facetious, but still, it, it, it definitely reeks of that's how it, it's, it's going to play. Um, we all know of the, the that doesn't work for me, Brother Hogan stories uh, from WCW. And I, that's literally the second coming um, of that scenario, which I find funny because Punk and Hogan didn't quite get along. Yeah, Punk has admittedly he's not a fan of Hulk Hogan, so fair play. But being both very popular and very divisive individuals in the, the wrestling world, sometimes you can draw some diversions or comparisons there. But my first notions were, okay, in terms of Punk being on Collision, so... He's being advertised for multiple shows, so it's not just kind of like a every once in a while, I'll be there maybe once a month type of thing. At least from the beginning, or from Jump Street, looks like he's going to be on multiple shows, especially in the beginning. And the fact that it appears as such that he's going to be the focal point of the Collision show, so with having a bit of creative in terms of being in charge or being able to lead to charge in storylines and things of that nature for his own story and things of such, and bringing back Ace Steel, his former trainer, good friend, of course was involved in that incident that happened back in September, that notwithstanding. I remember reading somewhere that 
a lot of the kind of bigger folks end up having a lot of creative input into their own storylines, like the elite and such, and, you know, mocks and things of that nature are able to talk to TK and the creative team and have a lot of input and provide ideas. So not completely out of the realm of possibility for this to actually be a thing. Maybe it's something that ourselves and maybe some of the media outlets potentially may be blowing out of proportion. But for a guy like that to, who has a great mind, the gift of gab, to be able to, to have a lot of input, let's just say, in the stories that come up with and things of that such, I mean, makes sense. Why not use these great minds and, and creative folks that you have? For example, like a, like a punk, we've heard the murmurings of a Brian Danielson having input as well and potentially being a, uh, an ear to that. So, I mean, hey, if it's one of those things that makes Punk feel comfortable and he can have his say and, and kind of help create and mold those storylines, which on the surface and possible implications of this being the show for him, I mean, let's see kind of how it goes. Obviously, we're a couple weeks out from the very first episode. At least us not judge yet but we'll kind of see but hey i mean it sounds like a good deal to me mm. i mean in in my positive uh promo for for sam punk i did say he was good for business and sam punk is good for business um whether or not you want to admit it or not uh the the name value alone for cm punk will draw eyes to your product it's just what's going to happen um and for him to return to his second home now, which AEW, uh, he will draw in a lot of eyes. I particularly will want to pay attention to what's going on. I want to see what happens on Collision. Um, but I, yeah, I feel like we may possibly in well, I particularly in my own uh, detractions from Punk will want to blow it out of proportion that he is going to brother brother. I'm not. That's that's not going to work for me. I need one hour and 45 minute pipe bombs every week please brother um he 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 knows better he knows better he'll temper uh his uh his brother brother for a while and then before you know it we'll have the two hour uh everything every everybody loves cm punk show um you know it'll just take a while to get there but uh yeah it's just one of those things that i can see a lot of people fighting on the internet about oh cm punk isn't good for business oh cm punk is good for business just let let me point this out i still don't care about punk if if collision is is absolutely gutter trash i won't be talking about it <laughs> like did you see collision this week no because i'd rather watch nxt spoiler alert i don't watch nxt because it bores me so well, begs to be seen. Obviously, we haven't had the first show. And I love the fact that we're using the term brother, brother as both a noun and a verb. I'm loving it. So it's uh, so good. But in regards to the locker room and the reactions to Punk itself, according to a Fightful Select report, there have been no word of any walkout plans as some of the talent had threatened to do so if Punk did indeed return following the post-all-out 2022 backstage brawl. So, no reports as of yet, and doesn't appear anything of that nature. 
Things are said to have, quote, cooled off backstage, and AEW has taken proper measures to ensure that the talents who have heat with Punk or any other talent are being kept separate as part of the, quote, soft roster split between Dynamite and Collision. As noted, Ace Steel and Punk will reportedly, like we said, be involved with creative for Collision, while most people the outlet spoke to said they believed the situation wouldn't have blown up last month the way it did if Steel hadn't been involved. Several people said that Steel's skill as a coach and a member of the creative team was being underestimated online by many people, and that Steel has been seen as a valuable member of the team before All Out. And one final note here regarding potential pitches. There has been no word in a while of the original pitches for Chris Jericho to work with Punk. There was word at one point of Punk working with Samoa Joe, which is still said to be in the works. With that being said, the word lately is that Punk has enjoyed the work of Jay White, and the Bullet Club Gold could be an early program for Punk. The two takeaways there, the heat ski from September's show All Out seems to have died down, so it doesn't be, feel to be any huge dissension amongst the ranks. Obviously, in a perfect locker room or perfect world, Folks aren't always going to get along, so and that doesn't have to do with single individuals. It has multiple folks, as we've heard from multiple reports over the last calendar year. So the notion of having sort of folks over on Dynamite, some folks mainly appearing on a collision to help so soothe the seeds of dissension, if you will, potentially there, but... That last notion of potential opponents for Mr. Charles Montgomery. They heard the names mentioned of a Chris Jericho. We heard a Punk. Lastly, said Punk enjoyed the work of Jay White. So, my man Joker, who do you feel like potentially could be a first opponent for Mr. Charles Montgomery? I shouldn't really talk about CM Punk as much as we're talking about him because I, I get heated. Every single time we're talking about this, I can feel my blood boiling because I, I just greatly don't know how far to go. I think Chris Jericho is a good shout. And here is my reason. Because, again, with our shorts, someone had mentioned that, oh, CM Punk was just defending himself. Defend yourself against Chris Jericho, Punk. Because Punk called you so many different things whenever, you know, whenever you were off. Defend yourself against Chris Jericho. He should be your first port of call. Chris Jericho's a professional. You give him money, he does the job. He will also put over an awful lot of people. We might see a couple of stiff, you know, uh, a couple of stiff moves here or there because, you know, maybe Jericho just wants to let Punk know. But... I just think that's the right thing. Because I don't trust Punk not to brother brother Jay White and be like, I'm sorry, I'm going over on you, brother. You're not trying to you're not trying to get up in this company. This is this is America land. And I am I am going to do everything here for me, brother. Uh I, I think Jay White deserves uh deserves a steady push and to lose to Punk would it just wouldn't do anything. For me, it would 
prove to me that Punk is just going to brother his way to the top. And it would prove to me that nobody gives a hoot about Jay White and his rise and his ascent to stardom in NJPW. Um, like, he, he was, he is Marmite. Now, for, for those of you who don't know what Marmite is, you either love it or you hate it. Uh, it is a yeast extract that people put on food. Personally, I despise it, but I know uh, some, some people absolutely swear by it. But Jay White is a Marmite kind of guy. Uh, you either love him or you hate him. There is really no in-between. And I feel like it's just a case of people would be happy to see him win, but people would still be happy to see him lose. But it would do more danger to, or do more damage rather, to Jay White's um, current AW run to go against Punk. The Samoa Joe thing, I thought was a rumor started by Tom Campbell. I don't of cultaholic. I'm pretty sure that was that was where I first saw it. I I could be wrong. I wouldn't mind seeing those two because that's fun. Um, but personally, I don't have an idea of who should go against Punk because I'm very scared as to who he would pick because you know whenever he comes back. He has to build himself back up again. So he's going to have to not necessarily squash people, but he's going to have to get one up on current current stars on the roster. And it's who do we think can we sacrifice for CM Punk, not who do we think he should face. It's a very interesting point. Of the names mentioned in the report of Chris Jericho, there have been at least heat on a public front in terms of Twitter and some of the, the words exchanged between both men. So that would be an interesting matchup. Samoa Joe, he and Punk have a lot of history, especially in the Ring of Honor and things of such. So Joe always just putting in, I think the promo work between those two would be absolutely fun and engaging. So I wouldn't be oh, mad yeah. at that. Absolutely wouldn't be mad at that. And Jay White would be very intriguing to watch there. Um, much in the vein, I believe, Punk's first opponent in AEW was a Darby. So, like, somebody fresher and kind of younger, obviously, that, you know, is trying to make a name for themselves in a new company. And that would be a Darby as well as a Jay White now coming over from New Japan. So, quite interesting. But you also brought up the notion of brother-brothering up. Uh, are you saying that... Punk's going to win his first match and possible first couple of matches regardless? Oh, 100%. I honestly think that the the best thing for Punk, because let's face it, he is a two-time AEW heavyweight champion with a grand total of two, I think two press conferences under his belt, and that has been the length of his reign. He has made it out of the press conference and then had to relinquish the title both times because he's injured himself. I don't think, personally, that we can put him into any title situation, any pay-per-view situation, without at least letting the man warm up and not pull a tendon, break an ankle, sprain a pinky, have a hair fall out of place in his beard, you know, whatever it does to take to injure this guy. Because... We need to build him back up again. For me personally, if if you want me to believe that Punk is 
somebody who I should boo as a heel, like make him a heel. If you want me to hate him because he's a he's a good guy, then do that. But you need to build him up. Personally, I just hate Punk. So I'm on a I'm on a flat kilter here. The character is just nothing to me right now. I don't care enough to boo him. I don't want to even entertain the idea. So it's just one of those that you need to build him up substantially in order to get me to realize, okay, this is of interest. I'm paying attention to you now. Make me want to pay attention to Punk and not just be ambivalent about him. So we're going to build Punk up. He's going to beat everybody, brother, brother up. We're not going the Kenny Omega route where Kenny just loses constantly and then the phoenix rises and he just goes for broke and does that we're not going that route i mean we are going to north carolina for one of the collisions which is kenny omega's second home because you know justin roberts loves to put emphasis on that north carolina and then you know that whole that whole nonsense which i find funny so we could see a loss for punk there but that would just be like an in joke um, but no, I don't think we should let Punk um, stare at the lights too often and then have the Phoenix uh, the Phoenix rise. He's not the superhero character. Um, I feel like that's what Kenny is. Kenny is the superhero. Um, after the whole belt collector, he has turned into this baby face, but a lot of people, like, he's an attraction for AEW. We're happy to see him, but we're not too bummed that he's not around all the time. Uh, well, at least that's that's my my uh, point of view on Kenny. I love Kenny, but again, I'm not too fussed that he's not on the screen. Whereas I feel like Punk's attitude will be: I need to be built up, and I need to be, uh, I need to be strong. I need to be seen as relevant again, um, and then from that point, we can use the relevant Punk to put other people over. Um, to uh, you know, maybe put himself over for a little bit, because whereas before, whenever he came in, I wasn't opposed to the idea of him putting over the younger stars. Now, if he comes in, he's taking away time from people who could be using that time, and I need to see Punk use that time effectively. Uh, otherwise, I will literally be calling for the likes of you know well, the women's division to be featured more, which actually, considering who is producing Collision, we could see more of the women's division on Collision. Um, the women's division be pushed more, uh, you know, Griff Garrison and stuff like that there be, be pushed more. I would prefer to see those guys, the Dark Order, who we saw for the first time in months on, uh, on Wednesday. Um, you know, so there's plenty of other people on that roster um, that if they don't want to, cancel the contracts, fire them, whatever they could use instead of Punk. But Punk is the draw. It's never a bad thing when you can get the younger talent, get a little bit of that rubski from the veteran folks, and especially kind of the bigger stars, since we've been talking about Punk. So, yeah, I mean, I think it would be a good idea, again, to another show, two more hours of TV, more opportunities. We'll see kind of how it plays out. So, all right. So it's sounding like we, we don't, we don't have MJF lose to Punk on the first show. We wait before Punk takes the title. Okay, fair play. So one last question here before we wrap this 
topic down. Would there be anybody that you would maybe want to see just have a match with Punk? Um, as far as who I want to see have a match with Punk, like I feel like some of the uh newer talent that has come in um from WWE, I would still like to see uh some of that happen. Like with uh, I would actually quite like Cesaro and Punk. Um, or sorry, Claudio Castagnoli. Sorry. Can't use his fed name. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, a Yuda versus Punk, BCC adjacent, not Moxley. Um, I would like to see that sort of thing because you know I don't want him to fight Moxley again because he will get injured and then have to take time off. Um, possibly Sammy Guevara. I'd like to see him face Sammy Guevara. I feel like that would be good for Sammy once we uh once we have um. Once we have that opportunity, that would be good. Um, I don't think of any, like, I don't really want to pick, like, huge names. Um, Orange Cassidy versus Punk. Like, I'm, I just said I don't want to pick huge names, and I'm going after Orange Cassidy. Uh, Orange Cassidy versus Punk would be fun, actually. Um, and, yeah, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But those, those ones kind of just jump out at me um, for now. What about yourself? Those are very intriguing matchups. I wouldn't be mad at a Claudio or an Orange because, you know, it's like, oh, I don't think I've seen these matchups before, and it's a very, very different clash of styles, things as such. So going back to the original notion, a Samoa Joe versus Punk, kind of a safe bet. I would be okay. Promos would be fun. They have history. You got a built-in storyline there. Obviously, a Chris Jericho and Punk, I'm sure the promos would also be crazy good and just, you know, kind of breaking the fourth wall a little bit and what's a, what's a shoot, what's a work, what's a work shoot, what's a shoot work type of thing would be interesting. But in terms of, uh, terms of other folks, you mentioned Claudio, you mentioned Orange, uh, a Wheeler. I wouldn't be mad. A Malachi Black just came to mind randomly. Yes. I think would just be a super cool, interesting matchup. Um, yeah. Pac. Pac. Yeah, a, a Pac now. I don't know if they ever faced off in terms of Adrian Neville and CM Punk, but yeah, I think a Pac and a Punk would be a really interesting and intriguing matchup. Yeah, let's go with those couple of folks, I think. Just because different styles, different style of wrestling and, and kind of the mannerisms and possible promos, yeah, I think would just be very, very different and kind of cool. So I'm, I'd be gauged to see some of that. Yeah. All right, so those were our thoughts on CM Punk being announced to return at AEW Collision. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube, or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, let us know what your thoughts are on Punk returning to the company at Collision, and let us know if you have a particular person in mind to see face CM Punk. All right, next topic here, Roman Reigns. Thousand Day Championship Celebration. So on this past week's episode of SmackDown, we saw lots of vignettes going throughout the show. Looking back at his roughly two plus year, almost three year reign as Universal Champion, getting to that 100, excuse me, that 1000 day mark. But interesting notion at the end of the show, Triple H comes out and gets on the mic stands next to a pedestal with a new title belt under a cloth. 
Hunter talks about the kind of athlete that changes the game, such that they are spoken about for decades. Your Muhammad Ali's, your Michael Jordan's. He says Roman Reigns is in that category. Bloodline make their entrance, consisting of Roman Reigns, Solo Sokoa, and Paul Heyman. Hunter puts Roman over for reaching a thousand days as champion, and the first to do so in nearly 40 years. And he unveils a brand new WWE Undisputed Universal Championship for Roman. Similar design to the WWE and the Universal Championships, but with a gold background behind the WWE logo and the word undisputed emblazoned on the front. Triple H puts the title around Roman's waist. Roman demands the entire universe acknowledge him. So we see a brand new title design of sorts for Roman Reigns' celebration of a thousand days at being the universal champion. So Mr. Joker, sir, thoughts on the championship belt? It's all right. It's a color change. It's a color swap. That's all this is. I I was hoping upon hopes that because we got a revamped big gold, we were going to get a revamped whatever you want to call the big W belt. Um, big W will suffice for now. I was hoping that we would see a little bit of a change. You know what I mean? Like a little tweak to it, something that would kind of mark a sort of new era of the belt. This, this physical design has been unveiled four times in four different colors and two different stages because you have the old WWE logo with like the jaggedy the jaggedy sort of W the scratch logo yeah the rock unveiled that one and then we had Mick Foley and Steph unveil the universal title uh with the big red and then we had the 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 black belt the the, the updated version of the scratch logo that was unveiled and then we have this Four, four identical belts, essentially, you know, in, in kind of looking at them, it's like, it's just the same belt, but a little bit shinier, you know, this kind of way. I like, I like the, the gold. I think the gold suits it. The, the big, big yellow belt, you know, as opposed to the big blue or the big red. I wasn't a huge fan of the, of big blue or big red. Um, but obviously I understand from a marketing point of view, the belt is, is marketable hundred percent. I don't, I'm not ever going to dispute that that belt is marketable. But this is a multi-billion dollar company. And they have just been bought up by another multi-billion dollar company. You'd think they might employ one other person in the entire organization with a marketing degree that might be able to come up with some sort of design based around any other version of this belt. Because let's face it, yes, it's marketable. But so are a million other things. We could have at least tried a new belt. If it flopped, it flopped. But at least we tried for another year, and then, you know, we unveil a brand new belt when Cody wins it. We go back to the, the Eagle belt. Fair enough. But to me, it, it's a wee bit lazy. It's a shinier version of these belts. I just kind of hope Roman only comes out with one belt now and not three, because he did walk to the back with him wearing big gold. Sorry, second big gold, because the other one's big, revamped big gold. Um, 
And because this one was unveiled after the big gold revamp, I'm going to call this big gold number two, which would also eve uh, Mr. Roman Reigns because everybody has to acknowledge him now. Um, I just kind of hope we have Paul Heyman leave the two belts in the back. Like, those are gone. We don't need Roman three belts because the two belts are superfluous at this point. When Hunter unveiled Big Yellow, I think it was one of those where I had to watch it back a second time and try to, wanted to get the nomenclature correct. And he definitely said a brand new WWE Undisputed Universal Champion. So using the same terminology, I was trying to think, all right, well, is this a sort of ceremonial, maybe a celebratory thing? It's looking like it's leaning towards this is going to replace the two belt piece so rather than mm -hmm. hold the wwe championship and the universal championship you have the two separate titles being represented by one physical belt the big yellow so i think it's much akin when you had the wwf championship and the wcw championship when they merged after survivor series 2001 and Jericho and Hunter were carrying around both belts, we ended up getting a new design to basically have one belt, but then sort of represent, okay, this is sort of the undisputed type of deal. So, And it has that, that terminology, the undisputed emblazoned on the front. Instead of like world heavyweight or uh, universal, it has undisputed. So it's looking like this is the placeholder for representing those two championship which i'm not mad at so i think the the visual of having two titles makes someone look more important or extra special you're like ooh, okay they're holding two titles much akin to sometimes we see in boxing where you have like one person come out and they're like oh they've got a couple belts okay this you know from a cursory glance this person seems kind of important like they win a lot so i don't know they're going with big yellow to have a different kind of skew on it makes it feel like they're sort of half merging there's no no official word yet but one title representing these two physical lineages of the championship whether it remains to be seen whether we get official documentation or an announcement whether or not they merging the two together remains to be seen but i don't know it's very interesting and I don't, the I was hearing a lot that being shown in the light, the kind of goldish slash yellow background of the the piece kind of looked a little gaudy, but when he was in a promo and it was around his waist and the light wasn't directly shining, it looked a little cleaner. So remains to be seen. The more we see it, we'll kind of get used to it. But yeah, I mean, it's marketable. You go with, I mean, I'm surprised they didn't make the WWE logo even larger. Coming off the belt? Yeah, just, you know, it, yeah. Like the top of the W's are coming up to his shoulders and stuff like that. So, yeah. I mean, it's marketable. Like you said, if I brought the notion of maybe somebody looking cool, having two belts, they look important. The WWE thing, when they give those title belts, those replicas to... An NBA team who wins the championship or somebody who wins the Tour de France or, you know, a, a baseball team that wins the World Series or a hockey team that wins the Stanley Cup. They're like, oh, you see this big old thing and you see that WWE logo. It's it's 
they couldn't care less about what it kind of thing, you know, what it represents. They're just like, hey, oh, somebody looked at that. What is that? This is a, uh, okay. Oh, I recognize that. that's that wrestling thing. Oh, yeah. So it's a business card. Absolutely. So if the design works, it works from a marketing thing. Could we want something a little different? Of course, we can talk all day about that, but I get it. Very interesting, much like the World Heavyweight Championship, the sort of revamped of the big gold that we saw on Raw, now held by Seth. Maybe once we see it for a couple weeks, we'll get used to it, but very interesting design. It's new and it's different. Yeah, but, you know, doesn't really mean that it's good. Like, some people, some people will obviously have a negative opinion of it. Some people will have a positive opinion of it. I just think it's a different color of the belt that we already know. Um, therefore, it's, it, it's getting rid of the only problem I have, Roman having two belts. And unfortunately, they've added Undisputed onto that, which to me, Undisputed needs to mean Undisputed. You can't be Undisputed if there's another heavyweight title on the other show. Like, you're in the same company. This is not a rival promotion. To bring that back to boxing, that is what happens. Like, they will go to other promotions. They will fight for other other belts. They will be heavyweight champion in multiple companies. That's why we have all these belts. You even have uh, the same thing with, you know, UFC uh, champions holding all of their different, the, the different times that they've had their belts. Like, you see them posing with those. It's the same with other sports that have belts. Um, as ter- in terms of pop culture, the wrestling industry, WWE particularly, are synonymous with the Cummerbund belt, the big belt sort of design. And it's just one of those that everybody's going to know or at least assume that it's a WWE belt until you're looking to see UFC or, you know, whatever it says on there. Um, so from, from that standpoint, it's just one of those things that it's kind of a bit laughable to me um but yeah i don't understand why we put undisputed on there when i can think of the fact that seth rollins now has a dispute with the fact that he is a champion of the other brand within the same company it's fair play it's an interesting argument two world champions can't necessarily be undisputable if there's multiple so it's a marketing thing. Hey, you know, I was I was previously holding two different world championships. And because I'm part-time now, brother, brother, that didn't full-time doesn't work for me, brother. So I made it work and we're just it's a marketing deal. So we're gonna dispute the undisputed nomenclature of whether or not it is indeed undisputed, perhaps. I mean, I reckon somebody was just bored of having to pay extra for extra weight on their carry-on luggage every time they traveled. You know, bringing two belts is just too heavy, so knock it down to one. It's easier to easier to manage. But well, we see the celebratory new championship created for the representing of Roman Reigns' 1,000 days as universal champion. Roman tries to get the, not the local crowd, not the town, but the entire universe to acknowledge him. But enter the Usos. And everybody freaks out as they are not supposed to be at SmackDown. Jimmy Uso squares up to Roman Reigns, mic in hand. Roman tries to tell Jay to kick his brother in the face. 
but Jay doesn't budge. Reigns reiterates his demand and tells Jay to fix this by kicking his brother in the face right now. Jimmy tells Roman the only one that needs fixing is him. Jimmy says Jay can't fix this, and he did what he did in Saudi not to be the tribal chief, not to lead the bloodline, but because he was being a brother. Brothers treat brothers with love and respect, and lately Roman hasn't been such a good brother. Jimmy asks what kind of brother hurts, betrays, and lies to his own family. Says Roman has gone crazy. Jay is his brother. It's embedded in him to protect. And so is Solo. He warns Solo that Roman will use him, abuse him, and kick him in the dirt. Roman takes claim for the Uso chant from the crowd and reminds us that he's the tribal chief. And then asks Solo Sokoa how he feels. Who's Solo's loyalty to? Solo considers the mic for a moment before acknowledging his tribal chief, but reminding Roman that the Usos are his brothers. Solo hands the mic back to Reigns and steps over to stand with the Usos. Jimmy gets on the mic and asks Roman, how's it going to be? Does he want to run this together with respect? Or is he going to end up on the island of relevancy as the tribal chief all by himself? Roman tells Jimmy to shut up, but Jimmy pie-faces Roman Reigns and cuts him off. Jay takes over and says, not like this. He needs Jimmy, and he needs Roman, both. Jay says they're family, and they're better than this to fight each other. Jimmy agrees, gets back on the mic, telling Roman they're stronger than this. Roman has always been his brother, too. He wants to run this damn place together with respect. He says they're the bloodline, they're family, they're still the ones, right? Roman wipes the sweat off his face, struggling before embracing Jimmy and hugging him tight. Jay collapses against the ropes in relief, clearly emotional. Roman raises the microphone to his lips and says, No. Solo hits the Samoan spike on Jimmy. Jay checks on his brother, conflicted and choked up as Reigns walks away. On his way out, Paul Heyman asks Roman about Jay Uso. And Roman says, Jay's going to fall in line like he always does. Curtain down. We see the follow-up from... Night of Champions from this past weekend's pay-per-view. Of course, with Jimmy hitting the shot on Roman. Super kick twice. Eventually costing both he, Roman, and Solo, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions. Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens, their championship from the bloodline. Jimmy comes back, bows up, says it was just about respect. Not trying to be the tribal chief. Not trying to be the leader. It's about respect. It's about love. It's about being a good brother. He's not wrong. Like, come on. Like, this. I went into this segment as soon as that, that Uso music hit. 
Like, I honestly, I was, I was excited to see the bloodline just crumble. I was excited to see some stuff, and then, you know, Jimmy Pie face Roman. I was like, this is it, super kick to the face, Jake, kick him in the face. And then, you know, I was excited. I was like, there's something going to happen. Because like I said, the Bloodline stuff is only interesting when the Usos are there. From my point of view, I haven't been interested in anything Roman's had to say because he is honestly the most boring part of the Tribal Chief storyline. And he is the Tribal Chief. Because he's just not there. He's He comes in for like, you know, a week out of the month and we have to believe that he's super awesome, but everybody else is cutting really cool promos and the wise man's doing all his talking for him. So I'm like, we're scared of a specter? Like, no. So, yeah, Jimmy was 100% leading me along this path. I love this promo about how it's about respect. You know, he wasn't trying to be the tribal chief. He wasn't trying to... He wasn't trying to bring down the bloodline. He wanted to beat some sense into his cousin. and just kind of came about that I felt myself going, actually, I don't want the blood. I want this reformation. I want them to be, I want them to sort of gel and be stronger than ever. And I would actually be okay if they did that with Roman having his title for another six to eight months. Like, I don't know, suppose, you know, we can work with it if he's going to be part-time. Um, and that's coming from a huge Roman detractor that, you know, I thought that WrestleMania was the peak of this. I have been bored ever since. I we're only doing this for numbers, uh, for the for the undisputed title, and it, it's pointless to me. So don't get it twisted. I really don't want him to hold the belt, but if they went down that route, I would have been okay with how with how things could have been planned out. But equally I'm good with this. But I felt like the little solo part was like, there's your red flag. Like he says, I acknowledge you, my tribal chief, but them right there, they're my brothers. And then he stood on the right hand of Jimmy and he had the hand taped up. Like, come on. If you're going to make it look like, you know, he, he's going to turn on him like secretively or just all of a sudden, have him use a different move other than the Samoan spike. Because the fact that he came out to the ring with the spike, with the, with the hand taped up for the support for the spike, I just saw him went, okay, so what? Solo's going to spike Jimmy, and then, you know, they're going to leave, and, you know, it's all, all a big swerve. Like, come on. It's, everybody sees that from a mile away. And then it happened, and I was like, see, it just kind of, you know, it's predictable. Kind of boring, actually. The one thing I did like, though, was Jimmy pie-facing Roman. Because it was that kid who'd had enough of being mistreated being disrespected and he stands up for himself and he's like no i will have no more and he pie faced him and then you had that nervous brother slash best friend energy from jay who's just kind of like oh oh woe was me what do i do what's going on i don't want to get into confrontation um and i honestly feel like the usos are the more interesting point of this because is Jay really going to fall in line? Because I feel like his sort of uh, idea of this is, I'm doing this for my brothers. And now my brother wants me 
to uh, wants me to stand up against my family who I want to protect. But he is going to have to see that the tribal chief is the one that's doing the damage to the family. I don't think they're going to get Solo out of this without beating him, um, or at least having help to beat him, which would make Solo look really good. But we have to remember that Solo is there in terms of storyline by order of the council, of the the head guys of the 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 tribal chiefs, etc. You know, in terms of storyline, um, he's the enforcer of Roman. So again, he is their brother, and he acknowledged that as such. But the fact that he acknowledged that he acknowledged the tribal chief means that he understands what his job is. And he knows what he has to do. So I think it's on the Usos here to prove that the big Us, Roman Reigns, is um is no longer worthy for Solo to follow blindly in that regard. The Usos, man, coming in. They've been the torchbearer for this whole thing. With Roman, especially in the latter, what, year and a half, two years now, going part-time. The Usos, much like we talked about in previous episodes, have been doing a lot of the legwork, been showing up, showing out, had, what, 500-plus days as the tag team champions? I mean, they were just having match after match against, you know, all the tag teams, and then multiple tag team match rematches against because they just were running through guys, and then... We're putting singles guys together for them to face. So in terms of just holding it down, the Usos have been 100% the sort of focal point and the, the pivoting point because we have things with the Usos in terms of the, the Sammy chapter that lasted, what, the nine, 10 months. And then we had things now with Solo, his interactions and, and their all character work with him of course obviously with roman we've seen elements with the paul Heyman, right the council and then of course we've seen in and amongst each other with jay and jimmy together so i mean they whether you're a fan of the bloodline work or you're not you gotta give the usos a credit in a company which for many years that is not a fan of tag teams and a lot of times you'll break tag teams up but we've seen an interesting notion of having a tag team pushed to the top in a marquee spot in a storyline that's what going on two plus years now and has weaved in and out of multiple shows and and you have the main event of wrestlemania like it's crazy so there's something about them as well that we were infatuated with them, especially last year and in the, in the second half of 2022, especially. Uh, see multiple shorts that we have up on the channel, but these guys have just been continuing to knock it out of the park. Jimmy, much like you said, in terms of have having enough, somebody who just said, hey, you know, like tired of, of the manipulation and things of such, and I'm not trying to be the boss, but you were family and you need to, to recognize that. And uh, he's been pie-faced multiple times by Roman. So to get one in there and the pop of that crowd was, was really incredible. And Jay's character work. Jay in the background. Didn't have a mic. Didn't, didn't speak on the promo, but you heard him. His, his, his acting, 
We don't give out Oscars for wrestling. Man, I given I gotta give Jay his flowers officially, unofficially right now. We haven't already that he is always thinking about the family, trying to hold it together. He's always running into uh, conflict in terms of someone quote unquote going rogue or, or trying to to break this family apart. But he's always been focused on I'm trying to protect, whether that's from within or from in external factors. But he's always trying to to keep keep focused on all right. We need to keep this thing together because I love my family. And J- and Jimmy at this point. You know, it, it's the fractor. We saw a little bit of that Sammy thing too and, and the conflict there before. So Jay just killing it solo. Like you said, maybe it's that nature of trying to figure out because I've been appointed by the highest of the high tribal council to be his enforcer, to be his bodyguard, to be his number two and sort of the protector, if you will, the sergeant, sergeant at arms. He's trying to toe the line. He loves his brothers, but he's trying to find his position and find his way in this structure, in this family, in this bloodline. So I got to say, much like we said, we were a little maligned after the Sammy portion of the WrestleMania. We were trying to figure out where we're going here. Revitalizing a little bit of energy back into the storyline. This is another phenomenal segment. And that ending notion of Roman just saying Jay will fall in line, will he? Is the bloodline fractured? Are we crumbling a little bit? What are you thinking may be the next story beat that we hit? It, it's really difficult to tell um, because unfortunately we've just had this belt reveal. Unfortunately, we're not a thousand and six days for Roman's title. Uh, a thousand and seven at time of recording, a thousand and eight at time of release, uh, and counting. So let's continue on with that. Um, and it's it's hard to tell where this goes. Now, there has been the old uh, rumors uh that I, I love to I love to read the rumors because sometimes you get the wee ounce of truth in there what they want to do. Um and sometimes it gets the old the old noggin thinking like what well, what could happen? And there's talk of making Roman a super baby face. Now there's only one way to make Roman a super baby face and that's to take the title off him and make him go away and have him come back and protect family. Like it, it it's convoluted, yes, hundred percent. But if you want to make a super baby face, but this man wants to be part-time, then he's obviously going to have to go away for a while. Personally, I don't know whether or not they are going to go down the line of punishing Jay Uso, or Jimmy Uso rather, to spur Jay to take on Roman one more time, only for Roman to beat uh Jay but um to also burn bridges with Solo by maybe accidentally attacking Solo whenever Solo was only trying to help you know that kind of that kind of thing because it's going to be a case of Solo maybe tries to interfere to spike Jay uh Jay moves out of the way Roman spears him you know kind of like what we did with the ref bump sort of thing 
Um, but then Roman ends up beating Jay anyway, and we have somebody else come in and beat the really now super alone and weak Roman Reigns. Uh, who that would be, I've honestly no idea. Take a take a pick, possibly Drew McIntyre if they uh, decide that they want to pay him the big bucks again. Um, but I I honestly feel like if we are to do anything with the bloodline, it has to be bloodline only. And we need to finish this part of the cracks within the bloodline. We can't go. Roman can't have another opponent. If if Roman has another opponent that's outside the bloodline, it's going to take away from this story. It's going to prove to me that the Usos are the only thing that's holding this thing together. And that Roman is honestly just in it for the days. Um, or sorry, being booked to be in it for the days. So uh, I definitely want to see Roman versus Jay part two in a hell in a cell, um, which is uh, how this whole thing started. I've been also hearing that they eventually want to have Roman be the superhero mega baby face a la akin to a Cody Cena or a John Rhodes, if you will. It's one of those interesting notions that we've been pushing Roman since huge since 2015. Since that Rumble win on through till now, we've been pushing him nonstop for the mm-hmm. most part. Maybe suffice to say for a little times off here and there, and maybe his little sort of sequester in roughly late 2018, 2019 before he ended up being in the main event once again. But the fact that now he's a bad guy and still being pushed, and now folks kind of dig him because he's a little bit different presentation. So, not to say that we as fans are fickle or anything, but he's being pushed regardless. You know, he's been the guy since 2015. He's not a guy, he's the guy, per se. But, yeah, to be a heel that's cheered because he's kind of cool and he's got a little bit different presentation, you want a, him to be the the all conquering super face hero super character superhero character if you will but yeah they have to change up the presentation a little bit he may not have to have a stable cuz m- when you have like managers and kind of heaters that essentially solo and the usos are to him not really a baby face thing you're not going to kind of be a uh hero character with sort of that or if they change it to you know we got it the presentation a little bit we can't have the ref bump every match we can't have the bloodline interferes on your behalf you can't be a baby face like that so you got to change things up if that's the ultimate goal but i think that's a fair idea that his next title defense what at, at wrestlemania we don't have to have a defense at SummerSlam. We don't have to have a defense at Survivor Series or Royal Rumble. Like, eh, just, I mean, it doesn't really mean at this point. But that notwithstanding, if we have somebody else, you know, who who's it going to be? Uh, an LA Knight cashing in his money in the bank type of thing. Or if that's yeah. Austin Theory gets a random match with Roman or something of that nature. I do no. feel like it might take away from what's kind of going on with the the ultimate 
bloodline portion of it because we're coming to a head here with all right jimmy's having enough and we're kind of the the kettle is boiling or the the pot is bubbling a little bit with the with the lid on so it would make sense for them to do something whether that's sort of a match or whether that's type of thing i've been hearing murmurings of Usos versus Roman and Solo at Money in the Bank in London. So maybe that could be a thing where they're like, all right, we're family. We need to we need to settle this in the ring. Win, lose, or draw. We just need to get our aggressions out so that we can just beat seven shades out of one another and we can be reunited yet again even stronger. We're stronger in battle. We faced each other. We know we can't lose now. Okay, type of thing. So maybe that's an idea, but We'll kind of see how it needs to go and it's one of those i just i don't want it to to drag on super long because we get these these weeks without roman and kind of nothing happening and we just we want to have paul Heyman just say something to the usos or paul Heyman say something yeah. to solo so let's see if we can maybe have some sort of next steps and not feel like it drags on i guess would be my ultimate goal that is the main thing. If we can drip feed it a little bit to where it doesn't feel like it's dragging, then I feel like that works for everybody. I feel like we're already drip feeding Roman enough to the point where any more, like, you know, if we try to stretch this out any more, it's going to be kind of meh. Like, I didn't mind the taking a break between uh, WrestleMania and till after Backlash and things like that there. Like, I was, whatever, that's fine. Um, but this this is the most pressing thing for the bloodline. Roman doesn't have a an opponent for anything. He's not going. It looks like they're finally done with the uh the Kevin Owens and Sammy stuff. So yeah, where do we go? Would you be okay if we ended up having at Money in the Bank or at SummerSlam Usos versus Roman and Solo? And we had another sort of moment at the end of the match slash right after where we get the the next portion of the story leading it after that. I'd be I'd be okay with that. If we if we did a uh you know a final crumbling of, of the bloodline and it was only Roman and Solo left, or if we had them come back together and reform, like, you know, as long as we had something definitive, like if if money in the bank is the end of the the internalized beef, I'm happy with that. I don't want it really to go on too much further, um, because like, what what's what's the next one after that? SummerSlam. Like, we've got SummerSlam. It's like we bit still we bit too far away. I don't really think there's enough legs to this um that we haven't already explored earlier in the bloodline history and for those of you who haven't seen the bloodline history and how this started first of all you know maybe you should go back and find out how your tribal chief became the tribal chief um but second of all jimmy was assaulted by roman to force jay to quit in hell in a cell and therefore begin the actual bloodline not the tribal chief stuff, because that's how he was sort of portraying himself already at that point. But this bloodline, Roman started by beating on Jimmy to force Jay into submission. I want them 
Jay and Jimmy to take their pound of flesh. I want them to put up a really good fight for Roman to be the one to hit Solo accidentally, much like you know Jay and Jimmy did at uh, Night of Champions. And then for that point, for you know the the whole story to sort of come crumbling down around Roman, and if we're not thinking about numbers, maybe finish things at uh, SummerSlam um, with Roman's reign, uh, or even have the Money in the Bank winner cash in on Roman during the tag match for. The actual title, impromptu, bish bash bosh, you know, have LA Knight become the champion as soon as possible because we all know that everybody loves LA Knight. Yeah. There we go. All right. Remains to be seen what will eventually happen, but looks like it's leaning towards a little bit of an internal rivalry, internal feud, internal beef, whatever you'd like to call it. So, which. Here's Joker and I would be satisfied with that for sure. But with that, those were our thoughts on the new championship title for Roman Reigns, the Thousand Day Celebration, Uso's confrontation with Roman, and possibly what's next for a seemingly crumbling bloodline. Let us know down in the comment section below on YouTube or hit us up on Twitter, Instagram, and let us know what your thoughts are on Roman Reigns thousand day celebration and what's next for the bloodline all right that about wraps it up for us interesting show here talking about a lightning rod of an individual for both wwe and aew and it turns out by way of a happy accident we're talking about being a good brother, Joker. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's all it's all comes full circle. We start by talking about the good brothers. We we finish by talking about being a good brother and a good family member, and that's you know, that's all really all really uh, anybody can ask of uh, of each and every one of us. I love a little bit of symmetry from someone trying to brother brother up to being a good brother. You always want to look out for the ones that you care about. You always want to be level-headed. You always want to be looking out for yourself, but then looking out for each other as well. So turns out you want to be good to the people that you love, your friends, your family, and your coworker, because you need to work with these folks. And it turns out being a good brother means you got to be a good brother. Mm, this is... Something that some people may have to find out the hard way when they return to the United Center. There we go. So appreciate everybody coming along on this journey with us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We're going to wind on out of here. So for TF Joker. That works for me, brother. I appreciate that also works for me, brother. And for me, Pretty Tony. Thank you for your time. Letting us be a part of your day. And remember, be good to yourself. Be good to each other. And we will catch you next time. Peace.